Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for a special Mother's Day message entitled Parenting Beyond Burnout. Moms worldwide are in crisis. The mental and emotional toll of parenting in a pandemic is tremendous. Listen in as we provide godly wisdom to help women recover and recalibrate this spring. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Hey, Mom! What's for lunch? Hey, Mom! Hey, Mom! Where did dirt come from? Hey, Mom! I got laundry! Hey, Mom, why does Fiona have two mommies? Does this look infected? Hey, Mom! 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 Well, happy Mother's Day, Liquid Church. We are so glad that you're joining us, whether you're in person or online on Mother's Day. Hey, let's give a big shout out to our moms. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. You guys are amazing. We love you so much. And I have to say it in Espanol, Feliz Dia de las Madres. Whether you have biological kids, foster kids, spiritual kids, if you are a woman with influence over a child, we celebrate you today. Now, my own proud mom is tuning in from Puerto Rico, so I gotta give her some uh, Puerto Rican love. Mami, te amo. My name is Kyra, and I'm one of the pastors here. But my biggest calling in life is to be the mom of two wonderful and beautiful kids. My kids are 12 and nine. And to be honest, before the pandemic hit, I loved spending time with them. But now I'm with them all the time. So kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Maybe. Guys, we are on month 14 of parenting in a pandemic. And can I just say, it's been hard. Like over the past 14 months, moms and dads have had to master the art of distance learning, juggle demands of full-time work and homeschooling, learn to live without childcare or full-time school, deal with loss, and then wake up and do it again and again for 14 months straight. It's like a cruel groundhog day. Like literally every day is the same and time passes, but there's nothing new to report. And thanks to the pandemic, moms have had to balance everything and attend to everyone. And in the process, we are exhausted and worn out. Am I right, ladies? In fact, I wanna share with you four statistics that I read this past week that are seriously mind blowing, okay? 85 of moms say that their well-being has actually declined during the past year. 62% are struggling to meet their workload and balance it with home responsibilities. Burnout levels are actually highest among millennial moms because they're caring for aging parents as well as their children. And exhaustion and cynicism are on the rise. And all of this is actually on top of the loneliness and the isolation of pandemic life. 
Well, several months ago, the New York Times actually opened up a phone line called the Primal Scream Line because they wanted to ask Americans what it's really like to parent during the pandemic. Now, thousands of moms actually called in and the Times collected samples of all of these calls in a podcast they titled The Agony of Parenting in a Pandemic. I want you to take a listen at some of the calls. Welcome to the New York Times Primal Scream Line, where the floor is yours to yell, laugh, cry, or vent for a solid minute. I just wanted to say, I'm so sick of my kid. This pandemic has made me realize that maybe I'm not cut out to be a mother. I am doing my sixth load of laundry today. I have to hide in my closet to make this phone call because there's no peace. There's no quiet. All I hear all the time is mom. Like that. They're coming to get me. I can't escape these kids. They eat all day long. There is way more laundry than when they were in school. I think I need to run away. All I can do is hide in this closet. And even this doesn't last long enough. I have to go. I'm being called. Every day, I think I can't do this again. But then I do. I get it. I get up and I do it because that's just what parents do, right? I get up and I do it again because that's what parents do. Do you know what I actually think? I think Liquid Church needs to do its own primal scream right now. Am I right, moms? It'll be cathartic, I promise. We're going to let out all of the angst, all of the frustration, the anger, everything that we have been feeling for the past 14 months with one loud scream. Okay, here we go. On the count of three, all campuses, everybody watching online, here we go. One big loud voice. One, two, three. felt good, didn't it? I actually can't see the appeal of the primal screen. And this is why I've been looking forward to sharing my message with you this morning, because I have been feeling the same way that all those moms have. And so if you're feeling knocked down, if you're feeling like you've been dragged down, you've been knocked to your knees this year, your face is on the floor, you're buried in the pillow, can I tell you, God has a word for you today. Amen, church? And so God gave me a message of hope. I've actually titled, Girl, Get Up. So turn to your neighbor, and if it's a woman, say, Girl, Get Up. And if it's a guy, you say, Guy, Get Up. Get up, church, but don't leave yet, okay? (laughs) Now, the title of my message comes straight from the Bible. And so we're actually going to open up God's word to Luke chapter 8. And here's what it says. Verse 41. Then a man named Jairus arrived. He was an official in the local synagogue. He threw himself down at Jesus' feet and begged him to go to his home because his only daughter who was 12 years old, was dying. Now, if you have kids and your child is sick, like gravely ill, you'd be desperate too. 
And Jairus is an official in the synagogue. An official in Greek means archon, which means he was like a chief magistrate, okay? Like a modern day pastor. He's well known in the community, but we don't know much about his personal faith. What we do know is that he's desperate because his daughter is dying. So he throws himself at Jesus's feet and he begs him for his help. He'll do anything he can because his little girl is about to die. Now, if I'm honest with you guys, I remember one of the first times my son Andy actually got sick and we had to call 911. My husband and I woke up to sounds of our son gasping for air because he literally couldn't breathe. Can I tell you in that moment, the panic that sets in your heart? Guys, that's just a slice of what Jairus is feeling. And so Jesus, he agrees to go with Jairus and help his little girl. But there's one problem. Jesus is surrounded by a crowd, and on the way to Jairus' daughter, he gets interrupted. Look at verse 42. As Jesus went along, the people were crowding him from every side. In fact, another translation actually says that Jesus was in a throng, which actually means he was almost suffocated by the amount of people in the crowd. And among them was a woman who had suffered from severe bleeding for 12 years. Can anybody say 12 years? Come on, people, 12 years. That is a lot of time, okay? But she had spent all she had on doctors and no one had been able to cure her. So she came up behind Jesus in the crowd and touched the edge of his cloak and her bleeding stopped at once. And Jesus asked, who touched me? Now I wanna show you this cool drawing of the woman touching Jesus's robe. So I want you to look at all of the feet around Jesus. Jesus is surrounded but he still knows that someone actually touched his robe. So he stops walking to Jairus' house and he starts interacting with this woman. And verse 46 says, Jesus said, someone touched me for I know it when power went out of me. Now the woman saw that she had been found out. So she came trembling and threw herself at Jesus' feet. And there in front of everybody, she told him why she had touched him and how she had been healed at once. And Jesus said to her, my daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. Now I want you to watch because Jesus is about to get interrupted again. Verse 45 says, 49 says, while Jesus was saying this, a messenger came from the official's house. Your daughter has died, he told Jairus. Don't bother the teacher any longer. Now, I gotta be honest, when I read this uh, this week, I'm like, this is like a telenovela. Like when I grew up uh, in Puerto Rico, I grew up watching telenovelas because there's like drama, there's suspense. Jairus's daughter is dying and no one can help her. So Jairus actually calls 911, who is a great physician named Jesus. He's a doctor with a healing ministry. And as Jesus and Jairus are on their way in the ambulance, a crowd of people start pressing in on them and Jesus stops the ambulance for this woman who's been bleeding for how many years? 12. While Jairus' own daughter is sick at home, slipping away. And can I be honest with you guys? The Bible doesn't tell us 
But can I tell you, Jairus must have been dying on the inside. Like it must have been killing him to see Jesus take his sweet time to minister to this woman while his own kid was at home dying. Now in the medical world, ailments are either labeled acute or chronic. A chronic ailment is when you've had like allergies, you know, most of your life or maybe back pain. Acute, on the other hand, is when your appendix bursts or I, I don't know, like you're, you know, you have like your eyeballs are full of blood. It's an emergency. And if you're a doctor worth your salt, which one do you think you treat first, the acute or the chronic person? Church, you don't have to go to medical school to know the answer. You always treat the acute person first. Otherwise, she might die, and she did. Jairus' daughter had an acute medical condition, and Jesus chose to treat the chronic ailment first. What am I trying to tell you? That Jesus is guilty of medical malpractice. There were two patients 12-year-old girl who was dying and a woman bleeding for 12 years. Which one is worse? You tell me, because if I were bleeding for 12 years, I might rather be dead. And Jesus delays the ambulance on his way to Jairus's house and the end result is that Jairus's little girl died. Jesus chose to help a woman suffering with the curse of nonstop bleeding and now all Jairus can see is the casket that's in front of him. And that's exactly where Jairus and the woman find themselves in. Living life in between a casket and a curse. Now the casket in front of Jairus is his 12-year-old daughter. And the curse for the woman is 12 years of bleeding. And do you know that that's exactly how many of us are surviving this pandemic? by living life in between a casket and a curse. Guys, can I be honest with you guys? 2020 was a year of death, literally and emotionally. Like there are people that we lost that are in a literal casket, that are gone and buried. And if that's you, can I just tell you, I just wanna take a moment and tell you how sorry I am for the loss that you're facing. I know it's incredibly hard, especially on days like today. Maybe you lost your mom and this is your first Mother's Day without her. I know it's hard, but can I tell you, I am so glad that you're here because God has a word of hope for you today. And aside from the actual death, other things have died too. Think about your dreams, your hope, your peace, so I want you to think of the casket as everything that died from our old way of life during this pandemic. It's actually all of the things that we once enjoyed that quite frankly died over the last 14 months. Think about the normal stuff of daily life that just died in front of our eyes, okay? Like kids who once went to school full time, that's in a casket speech therapy in person over the course of a year. That's in a casket. Time with friends at school, casket. Sports, graduations, proms, casket. Church, once upon a time, 
adults actually went to work. Like they physically put on pants, not sweatpants, hard pants. And we got in a car and we drove to see other adults where we had coffee and adult conversations. And thanks to COVID, casket. We used to be able to hop on a plane, visit the grandparents, get away, lie on the beach, have a change of scenery that's so needed. Casket. The casket is full of all these losses and it's also full of the people that we've lost due to COVID. There's symbolic death and literal death and the casket is full of acute stuff because it is over, it is gone never to return. It's everything we've lost in this pandemic. Now, I want to be honest with you because I want to share what's in my casket. Inside of my casket is actually 16 months that I haven't seen my mom and my dad, that my kids haven't seen their abuelos, their cousins, time that's been taken from me to be with my brother, my nephews, my husband's parents, who are 92 and 82, by the way. Inside of my casket is a year's worth of developmental progress for my son, Andy, who has Down syndrome. Inside of my casket is a year's worth of emotional isolation for my daughter, Gabby who's in middle school. And can I tell you what seeing both of my kids at home for a full year, cut off from church, school, friends, and family did to me, it's all gone. It's buried. We're never gonna get that time back. And can I be honest with you, church? It's killing me inside. So can I ask, what's in your casket? Is it your joy? Long gone. Because you can't even remember the last time that you felt light and free from all of your burdens. Is it your rest? Long buried under layers and layers of responsibility. Is it your passion? It's faded. It's gone because you just feel worn out. For Jairus, the casket was full of literal death. All of the hopes and all of the dreams of his precious little girl. She had her whole life in front of her. And here's what's interesting. You guys recall her age? How old is she? Anybody? 12 years old. And that's bad. But can you imagine for the woman bleeding for 12 years, the curse was even worse. Now, I want to be clear that when I say curse, I actually don't mean like a hex or a spell. I literally mean the effects of what bleeding for 12 years must have done to this poor woman. Okay, she's been to every doctor and every healer and no one can help her. Nadie. Ladies, you think a monthly period is bad? Try bleeding for 12 years. And it's not just the bleeding. It's actually the toll that that bleeding takes. Remember what the Bible says? Verse 43, among them was a woman who had suffered from severe bleeding for how many years again? 12. 
She'd spent all she had on doctors, but no one had been able to cure her. No one knew how to actually stop this from happening. So for 12 years, she lived in lockdown. You see, in that culture, a woman bleeding was actually considered unclean. So all of her life would have been spent watching people avoid her like the plague. No touching, no hugging, not even a friendly smile her way. She would have lived in isolation and she would have been known for her uncleanliness. Is it any wonder then that faced with the opportunity to touch the Savior's robe that she didn't hesitate because she was desperate. And can I be honest? I think we can all relate with this woman. I think, think about it. We lived in isolation for 12 months. No hugging, no touching, and people avoided us like the plague because no one wanted to get COVID. And if 12 months of that kind of subhuman experience got to you, can you imagine what that does to a person living like that for 12 years? It's the same thing for us today. We may not be suffering from her same condition, but there is no doubt we are bleeding all over the place. Church, I want you to think about the impact of lockdowns, the impact of quarantine, the impact of 12 months of living with restrictions, living under uncertainty, living with exhaustion, of sitting in the same chair, in the same room, staring at the same computer for 12 straight months and counting while parenting 24 seven without a break. Let me tell you, that does something to people. In fact, it's left us hemorrhaging. And if 2020 was about surviving the pandemic, 2021 is about healing from the pandemic because people's mental health has suffered. Their peace is gone. There's record anxiety. People are burned out. They're depressed. They're bleeding all over the place. In fact, we're even hemorrhaging energy. Did you guys know that? We do less than what we did before. We travel less, we entertain less, and we even sit more. And yet, we're more exhausted than ever. I took my daughter shopping the other day, and after about an hour, man, we were exhausted. And I said to my daughter, I don't understand. Like, I used to be able to shop till I dropped. What's wrong with me? And my daughter, perceptive 12-year-old girl that she is, said, Mom, We've been sitting at home doing nothing for over a year. Of course we're tired. And even though all of us today can actually start to envision life after the pandemic, we also need to start healing from the effects of the pandemic. The curse is this chronic fatigue because it just keeps going on and on and on with no end in sight. Now I remember when the pandemic first hit, we were all in this acute state of anguish because we were on high alert. There was a lot of uncertainty about COVID, but as the pandemic has dragged on, that acute state of anguish has actually given way to a chronic condition called languishing. Now the New York Times reported that languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness and it's the neglected middle child of mental health. It's actually the gap between depression and flourishing, and it's the dominant emotion of 2021. Now, I wanna show you how languishing works. 
Because let me tell you, languishing is blah. Can you say blah? Turn to your neighbor and say blah. Look, there is no joy in living a blah life, okay? And some of you have been living like that for so long, maybe even before this pandemic started, that you don't even know there's a different option, okay? You're going from one thing to the next. You're like a ping pong ball on a ping pong table. Your kids bat you on one side, your husband bats you on the other, then church bats you a new way, then work bats you elsewhere, and on and on and on it goes. And all of a sudden, you find yourselves running aimlessly. Now, some of you ladies get up in the morning, you get out of bed, and you're like, okay, my back hurts. Man, I didn't sleep great, but I got to get cracking. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to go wake up the kids. Kids? Breakfast. Kids come in, they're like, Mommy, I want pancakes. Mommy, I want Cheerios. Mommy, where are my shoes? And you're like, Okay, here's, here's, here's this. And now everybody figure it out because I got to go in the shower. And you're like, Okay, I got to get into the shower. How quick can I shower? Oh my gosh, I got it down to 30 seconds. That was amazing. Now you get dressed and you realize the bus is coming. Kids, the bus is coming. Don't forget, homework, masks, hand sanitizer. You put the kids on the bus and you're like, Thank the Lord Almighty that the kids have left. Okay, off to my first. Zoom. Gosh, I hate Zoom, but I got to go. Got to earn a living. You do the Zoom, and then all of a sudden you look at your clock, and you're like, oh my gosh, the kids are coming back. Jesus, I thought you loved me. Why are they back so soon? Kids, mommy missed you, said no woman ever in the middle of her work day. Kids come back, and you're like, okay, let me start figuring out dinner. Oh my gosh, we have nothing to eat. You get to the supermarket, because you got to get the chicken. You grab the chicken, but the line is super long. Now your mom is calling, and you're like, wait a minute, I love my mom, but I ain't got to time to talk to her. So happy Mother's Day. Okay, you come out, leave the supermarket, get into the parking lot. You're with the grocery cart, but you're in a hurry. So you decide, you know what? I'm not going to return it. I don't care. No one sees me. And Jesus still loves me. You drive back to your house, your husband's home, and you're like, honey, I don't have time. Can you help the kids with homework? You got to start dinner. Kids, go do your homework because we have to take you to practice. Then you get to practice. You come back home. You, you help the kids with showers. And your kid says, mom, should we pray? And you're like, amen, now go to sleep. And then you clean the kitchen. You finally collapse into your bed and your husband goes, hey, baby. And you're like, not tonight. <laughs> and eventually you fall asleep and you do it all over again. Salute, moms. Can we hear it for the ladies? Come on, can we hear it for the ladies? You guys are long distance marathon moms. By the way, can I just tell you what's in my casket as well? My fitness, but that's okay. So I gotta put on my heels because that's the secret to my superpowers. Now guys, that is what chronic languishing actually looks like. You survive, but you're not thriving. You actually become a human doer, not a human being. And all of the joy and all of the purpose and all of the energy in your day gets sucked out 
You're running the whole time, but you ain't going nowhere. You're committing violence to your soul. You're hemorrhaging your joy, your peace, your self-care. That's the curse that we have been living under during this pandemic. Can you relate? Can you think what's been the curse for you? Because I know no one wants to live this way. We know there's a better way to exist than to be running around, bleeding all over the place, feeling worn out by the pressures of the day. We know what the woman bleeding for 12 years knew, that if we just touch the robe of Jesus, we will be healed. That if we just push up against the crowd, we'll get to Jesus. And if we get to Jesus, we can touch him and receive his healing. Now, Jairus knows this too. He knows there is something about Jesus. And he throws himself at his feet. And in his vulnerable state, someone brings him devastating news. Verse 49 actually says, a messenger came from the official's house. Your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher any longer. Church, can I be honest with you? As long as we live in this world, we are always going to hear voices saying things that are intended to cause us fear, despair, lose hope, and feel stressed. And that's why the world says, don't bother. It's not worth it anymore. But Jesus actually interrupts that thought by speaking words of life. Look at the next verse. Don't be afraid. What's the word, church? Only believe and she will be well. When I read this, I actually wondered who was Jesus talking to? Because the servant didn't ask a question and Jairus doesn't say a word. But Jesus knew instantly what Jairus was thinking. And before Jairus could say a word, before doubt or grief or anger could even escape his lips, God sent a word to Jairus. And I love the words that Jesus speaks over Jairus. Don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be well. Church, this is a divine instruction from Jesus to Jairus to believe that he's going to do what he set out to do. Now, I have a 12-year-old daughter of my own, so this passage actually hits very close to home. And if I'm honest with you, if I heard news that my daughter was dead, it would actually be easier for me to believe that than to believe she could be made well. And it's the same for Jairus. He has more faith that his daughter is going to die than faith that she will be healed. And it's the same thing for many of us, quite frankly, because it's easier to believe what the world has to say than what Jesus has to say. That's why the world will actually say to you, don't bother fighting for your marriage. It's over. But Jesus tells you today, only believe. The world says, don't bother trying to help your adult children. They're too far gone. But Jesus tells you, only believe. Don't bother, says the world. Getting back up after pandemic life has knocked you down. But Jesus tells you, only believe. 
only believe that I will do what I said I will do. Only believe that I am the way maker. Only believe that I am the miracle worker. Only believe that when things appear to be dead, when things appear to be lost, when things appear to be hopeless, God brings new life to dry bones. And why is that? Because in between a casket and a curse is the cross. For the sake of humanity, Jesus Christ died willingly on a cross for you and for me. And the curse of sin and death was placed on Jesus so that we wouldn't have to live life in between a casket and a curse. And out of his great love for you and for me, Jesus took our sin, he took our shame, he took our death, and he took our suffering to the cross, and he defeated every single one. And because of what we did, because of what he did, we know today we can actually go through very difficult things too because he's been there himself. Jesus is telling you today, I'm going to lead you through it. And all you have to do is take my hand, believe in the gift that my death and my resurrection can give you and now experience the fullness of all of my healing, of all of my restoration, of all of my hope, and all of my redemption. That's what happened to Jairus. Jesus healed his daughter first, and then he asked Jairus to believe in Jesus, to believe the gift of who Jesus is. And when Jesus got to Jairus' house, the Bible actually says he wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. And everyone there was crying and mourning for the child. And Jesus said, don't cry. The child is not dead. She is only sleeping. And the Bible says they all made fun of him because they knew that she was dead. Can you imagine ridiculing Jesus, the gall that you need to do that? But Jesus took her by the hand and he called out, get up child, or as my Puerto Rican Bible says, get up girl. Church, I believe this is a declaration from heaven of what God wants to do today on the inside of your spirit. You may have been living with a casket in front of you full of all that you have lost in the pandemic and under the effects of the curse, bleeding out all over the place. And you may be starting to get on the other side of the pandemic, but you're here today and your spirit is wounded. Your spirit is crushed. Your spirit is heartbroken. And if that is you, I want you to hear the words of Jesus to your soul on Mother's Day 2021. He is saying to you, get up, girl. And if you'll take his hand and obey his command, what happens? The Bible says her spirit returned and at once she stood up.
your spirit is about to be restored to you. And how do I know? Because God did the same thing for me. On a Friday morning, in the middle of my living room, I cried out to the great physician. I said, Lord, I don't want to live with chronic fatigue anymore. And he spoke those words over my soul. He said, girl, get up. Your spirit's about to be returned to you. Church, that is a word of hope for you this day. So turn right now to the woman sitting closest to you and you tell her, girl, get up. Your spirit's about to be returned to you. And now you turn to the man sitting next to you and you say, guy, get up. Your spirit's about to be restored because in between a casket and a curse is the cross. And the Jesus who died on a cross for you is saying to you today, I got up from that cross so that you could get up today. So moms, you've been down too long. It is time for you to get up, girl, so that you can be restored. Jesus is saying, dads, I'm going to give you the strength to finish this pandemic strong. So you need to get up, guy. You may feel out of breath. You may feel emotionally exhausted. But Jesus says, take my hand and get up, girl. I'm going to lead you out of this place of loneliness. I'm going to heal the wounds of that divorce. I'm going to heal that wound of abandonment. Get up. When Jesus said, get up girl he said take my hand take my hand and follow me out of this grave just like i got up and walked out of the tomb god is saying to you today get up and go on with life life with my son jesus so how does it mean for you to get up how do you actually do it and allow Jesus to revive your spirit. Can I share with you three steps that you can take and actually start as soon as tomorrow? And the first one, if I'm honest, is that you need to take yourself off of this treadmill. The first step forward is just to step off the treadmill. Listen to me, ladies, with all of the passion that I have as your pastor, you are not a hamster. Okay, ladies, we're not gerbils. The first step to allow Jesus to restore, to revive our spirits is to step off the treadmill of chronic busyness. Of course, we all have responsibilities. Days can be exhausting. The days are long, right? That's what the saying says. But if you're waking every morning only to hop onto this escalator to nowhere, you are missing out on the abundant life that Jesus died to bring to you. So step off and instead spend time with Jesus. That is the only thing, if I'm being honest, that's going to refresh and restore your spirit every single morning time in the presence of Jesus. Step number two, I want you to say no to good things so that you can say yes to the best things. 
Now, I know that this is very counterintuitive because motherhood is full of good things, right? Like I love going with my kids to soccer practice, taking my daughter to track meets. But can I be honest, guys? As we come back from COVID, don't just stuff your schedule full of stuff. Actually take some time to discern what is one good thing that I'm going to say no to so that I can actually say yes to the best things. I'll give you an example. This past fall, my husband and I said no to actually enrolling our daughter in cross country. And do you know what I said yes to instead? Bike rides with my precious 12-year-old girl around our neighborhood. One-on-one -on -one time with my favorite tween. I'll take that over any sport, any day of the week. And last but not least, seek support from your sisters. Church, can I be honest with you? Self-care is not selfish. Can we say that? Let's all say that together. Self-care is not selfish. You can't do this alone. You weren't wired to be alone. We all need friends. We need hobbies. We need time to nurture our souls outside of our roles of being mothers. And I know that many of you were cut off during this pandemic. You were isolated and all of the regular rhythms that replenish your soul, like being with other women who are also drawing strength from being with Christ, we're gone. And two weeks ago, I'll share with you, guys, for the first time in over a year, I met up with some of my favorite ladies for a time around the fire pit. Can I just say, we laughed, we cried, and I came home on cloud nine because my soul was restored through time with friends. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. I can't say it enough. It's one of the ways, actually, that Jesus restores your soul. And it's one of the ways in which we're going to heal and we're going to come back to life after this pandemic. Now, I've been asking you, what is in your casket today? What are the acute losses you're grieving as you're sitting here today or online? What's the curse that you've been feeling? the chronic fatigue that this pandemic has taken on you. Jesus is calling you out. Take my hand, get up girl, and follow me. Because in between a casket and a curse is the cross. And on that cross, Jesus committed his spirit into the Father's hands. And today, he's about to restore your spirit to you. Something has been dead on the inside of you, but your spirit is going to return to you today. You're going to hold Jesus' hand, and you're going to get up for your kids. You're going to get up for your marriage. You're going to get up for your family. You're going to get up for your joy. You're going to get up for your peace, and you're going to get up for your community. Amen, church? Let's all grab Jesus's hand and we're all going to get up. So get up, girl. Get up, guy. Everybody here, let's all stand because we're going to pray and we're going to ask Jesus to restore our spirits this morning. And so, Father, I thank you.
for a good word like today. I pray over every woman, over every man in this room or watching online. May your spirit, Lord, restore and refresh their spirit. May they see it as a sign that no weapon formed against them will prosper, Lord. May they see it as an opportunity to discover what rest, what strength, what grace, what love under the shadow of your wing looks like. And so I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that we are on the other side, moving towards the other side of a pandemic. But Lord, we need to heal. And today your instructions are clear. We are to get up, take your hand, and allow your son Jesus to restore our spirits. And so we thank you for that truth. We thank you for your love. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.